Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about dementia and our brain is Dick Kitts. Dick was, until 2017, together with his wife, the owner of Cruise Kits, the oldest healthcare agency in the Netherlands. Since 1937, Cruise Kits has been providing private care and nursing in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Europe. In addition, Dick produces movies of people's course of life, and he is an active author and publisher. His most recent book in 2019 is titled Contact. Thank you for being here today, Dick. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Jason. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Before we get started, Dick, uh, for those that are joining us today for the live webinar, if you have any questions, type those questions in, and time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. So, Dick, dementia and our brain. Yes, that's a uh, very important um, issue in, in the whole uh, thing of dementia. And we had this company and 40% of our patients suffered from dementia. So I, from this experience, I met Dr. Anneke van der Plaats and together we wrote a book about dementia. And this book tells first about the workings of the brain when you have dementia. And from that, the behavior of people with dementia. And from that, we can learn how we can deal the best with people with dementia. And I was very happy to work together with Dr. Anneke van der Plaats because she's regarded to be number one in the field of dementia in the Netherlands. She has been many years doctor and director in nursing homes. And after she got retired, she started studying neuro neurosciences. And from that, she found a scientifically based model with about the workings of the brain, which I will show you now. And the importance of this is that yeah, the older we get, the more chance there is we have dementia. 90 plus, it's quoted 40%. And with the growing elderly and people living with dementia seven to 10 years, it's very important that all of us learn about dementia. Because almost everybody in the near future will meet somebody with dementia. For instance, shop owners, where the person with dementia buys two times a day the same product. Or when they are wandering on the street and neighbors and policemen find them while they cannot return to their home because they lost their way. Or in hospitals, in hospitals, the environment is strange for them. And also the nurses and doctors, they do not recognize. So those have to pay more attention to them. Well, dealing with dementia, in my opinion, is understanding dementia by understanding the workings of the brain. And when you understand the workings of the brain, you can deal with people with dementia in the right way. And there's a nice example. This is Margaret. Margaret was one of our nurses. And her husband, only at 50, was diagnosed with dementia, Alzheimer's. And his great grief was that his friends left him alone just after one visit. They asked him questions he couldn't answer anymore. And they, didn't they did not understood how to deal with him. So they stayed away. And that was his biggest grief. So if those friends and colleagues would have known more about dementia, 
they wouldn't have left him alone so quickly. Well, about the brain, let's start with the first picture. When we are born, we have a brain which is empty. And we can divide this brain in a lower brain, level one and two, and an upper brain, three and four. And this brain is starting to fill with functions and tasks from our first year on. The lower brain, the easier tasks, and the upper brain, the more difficult tasks and functions. When we are in our first year of life, level one is filled with the easy tasks like pain and hunger, eating, waking up. And from our second year, the second level is being filled with impulse and mirroring. It's also called the child level. And then from our fifth, sixth year on, the upper brain is being filled with, for instance, thinking and choosing. And the brain is complete when we are 24. We can also divide the brain into the emotional and rational brain. The upper brain is the rational brain where we think and make decisions. And the lower brain, level one and two, is the emotional brain with spontaneous and impulsive behavior. All that is around us, pictures, uh, sounds, what we smell, that are called stimuli. And the brain processes these stimuli. These stimuli enter level one. And first we sort things, what we see together, what we feel together, or what we hear together. And in level two, we arrange this, nearby, far away, light or dark. And in level three, we are, going to, we are going to think about it. What can I do with it? What will I do with it? And in level four, we make decisions. How and what am I going to do? We could divide the stimuli in dynamic and static stimuli. Dynamic stimuli is everything that moves, makes sound, that smells. And static stimuli, there's everything that not moves, like a table or a chair. And the dynamic stimuli are being processed by the lower brain and the static stimuli by, are being processed by the upper brain. And on the right, you see CIC. This is meant cognitive inhibition center. And this small center in the lower part of tree that is a sort of protection that not all dynamic stimuli are entering the upper brain. And then we can concentrate and focus on things. When you're on a square and there are cars and there are people and there are windows from shops and a lot of people are going around, there are a lot of dynamic stimuli. And when you concentrate only on the a small child in the street, you forget the rest. And that is what this center is doing. I will tell you later more about this. It's very important. Now about something about behavior in our brain. The stimuli are entering at level one, going up to level two. We make a picture of it. And together with our memory, we can create a situation. From this situation, 
we make at the right side a plan to act. How, when, with whom. And from that, we choose whether or not and how to do and make a decision, yes or not, and in a way to do. And from that, we perform behavior. For example, we hear in the kitchen mother making noises and we smell coffee. Immediately, we make a picture of drinking coffee and our memory, we have done it very many times in the past together with our family in, in the kitchen. The situation is drinking together coffee with the family. And then we make a plan to act. Do I have time? Uh, do I like to talk to my sister? Is my daddy also there, etc. And we choose whether or not to do and make a decision. Yes, I'm going to the kitchen. My behavior is drinking coffee with the family. Well, and this is going on all day with all kind of stimuli which is coming to us and we make this behavior. Information is coming in, behavior is going out. What is dementia? Dementia is when the upper brain gets affected. What you see here, like a Pac-Man, tasks and functions are decreasing. And the memory cannot store new pictures. New memories cannot be stored in our brain. And the older memories fade away bit by bit. First, the most recent memories and going back in time, the more older memories. The lower brain stays functioning well. But if the upper brain is affected, how can we think? How can we make decisions? And if the memory is not working well, how can we make, uh, create a situation from a picture and make decisions? It won't. And that's the real drama of dementia, that we become independent of the help and care of others like us caregivers or family or friends. And the brain has three more attributes that help us to understand dementia. First of all, we have the amygdala up in level two. This is also called the fear center. When there is an unsafe situation, the amygdala gets activated. A split second later, the upper brain is correcting this feeling of fear in the amygdala from the unsafe situation by judging what is going on, by making a picture, what, what am I dealing with? But in case of dementia, the upper brain is not functioning well. So the correcting of that feeling of fear is not possible. Up to us as caregivers, family, friends, it's important when the, the amygdala is activated by a person with dementia and he feels fear, if we get rid of his fear by a loving and kind approach. Or, or yeah, actually every time to, to not let happen that the people with dementia can get in a situation of fear. And then we have the cognitive inhibition center, which we already saw. This is very important. It protects us that not too much 
dynamic stimuli are entering the upper brain. But when the upper brain is not functioning well, also the center is not functioning well. So people with dementia, a lot of dynamic stimuli are coming up in their upper brain. Once an old woman told us, it feels like war in my head. Well, and that's what's happening. If you go to your mother with dementia together with your sister and three grandchildren and the TV is on, there are at least six dynamic stimuli. And most of the time, this is too much. It's up to us to create a situation, an environment where there are not too much stimuli. And then we have empathy. Empathy is the capacity to feel or understand what others feel. Empathy doesn't go away when you get dementia because empathy is at level two. But to start with it, to think about it, we need the higher functions of level four. The people with dementia cannot start with empathy, but we can. And if we do with a kind and loving approach, they will copy it, they will mirror it. And that's a fine tool against when the amygdala is activating and they are in a situation of fear and anger. If we start with being empathetic, they will copy it and they will come out of their fearful feeling. Well, this is a short introduction um, of the workings of the brain and in case of dementia, what we can do as caregivers. In November, in our second webinar, we will tell you more about this. But so far, this is what I would like to tell you and show you. Jason, do you think there would be any questions? Absolutely. Good stuff. Thank you, Dick. Um, I'd like to begin the conversation. First question is talking about the lower brain and the upper brain. Are you speaking to actually the location or is that just how they're described? In other words, is it, can, you, can you identify the upper and the lower brain? Yes, um, that's quite interesting because the upper brain is, is let's say the, the bigger part here and the lower brain, the emotional brain is just a little thick here and it's more behind at the lower part of our brain. So the emotional brain is small and the rational brain is more big. So I'd like to talk about the amygdala, Dick. So you said that's where fear is. Is that also where anger is associated? Yes, yes. The thing is, when, when people with dementia get being angry, it's always because they are in a situation of fear, which is yeah, activated by the amygdala. So they are connected. You often see that people get anger and from anger they get aggressive. It's always because, because there is a situation of fear. And don't forget, people with dementia, the memory is not working good anymore. So a lot of situations are new for them. And when we are a little child, we have to learn life and also a lot of situations are new. And when you, we have seen three, four times, we feel confident. But the first time, we are there's always a little bit nervous, a bit, bit of ang uh, fear. Well, that is what happens in case of dementia. 
Another question, Dick, was talking about caregivers. So you mentioned a lot of times the fear of a patient with or someone with dementia that, you, that they can mirror your activities. So what can a caregiver, whether it's a personal family member or a professional, what can they do to kind of eliminate or mitigate some of this fear that a that somebody with dementia is having? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Well, the thing is, people with dementia, whether the upper brain is not always uh, gone, there's always a little bit uh, working, uh, and they feel that it's not working well anymore. And from that, the amygdala is depends on a person. Uh, more or less activated. Um, what I want to say is that as a caregiver, our upper brain is functioning and we are um, sort of uh, um, dealing with them as from our uh, upper brain working well. But we have to actually copy their life, which is more on level two. So if we are being empathetic and level at their level, so level two, and then we stop with being fast, being uh, correcting people or um, never, you can never be angry on people with dementia. Um, and we have to learn that because what Lao Tse once said uh, 2,500 years ago, um, if you want to lead people, you have to follow them. And that is what caregivers and we as friends and family have to do. We have to follow them at their pace, at their level. And, and that's very important. And that's all what's in our book. It's just a, a few things what I can tell you now, but that's very important to know. We have to follow them. Yeah, I'd like to stay on the caregiver topic if you don't mind. So. Let's speak to the professional caregiver. If yeah. you had a professional caregiver sitting here with you right now, what would you encourage them to tell a family member that has somebody with dementia as far as spending time? What, what should they be doing with them as far as activities? Well, that's a good question, thank you. Well, activities is very important for people with dementia. There's always a little thing they can. And if you, put them in a chair whole day and you do nothing, they will, well, implode. But if you take them out doing a walk, nature is very good for people with dementia. Um, fresh air, um, um, birds, uh, a dog, a cat, that's what they, that, that's, um, animals are also on level two. So they have immediately contact with animals. Um, but what you could do, the simple things, what they can is short and um, level one and two and arrange. If you give them simple things uh, which they can sort and arrange, they, they still can do. My mother had dementia and she still could do the, the, the Scrabble. That's the game with words because that's not nothing but sorting and arranging. And at her fourth, fifth, she started uh, reading. So that level was still active. So, but activities with environment and our approach, that are the three main important things 
to learn when you deal with people with dementia. Another question has just come in, Dick, and they're talking about the fear or anger of a of somebody with dementia and being a caregiver as far as engaging them. What's a what's a no no, if you will, as far as engaging a somebody with dementia in order to avoid this this fear or anger? I mean, do you have any? Is there any anything you can tell us to to identify some things that you should or shouldn't do? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Well, what it's very important, and I would like to tell that in November, but I do it now. You have to know the life story of a person. Everybody is unique. And to give an example, once there was a man in a wheelchair and he was driven by the nurse to his dining table and they put the brake on. And every time they put the brake on, he got aggressive. After one week, they learned from the family that this man had been in a World War II. And loading the gun was the same click as the brake of his wheelchair. And because we also have an emotional memory, in his emotional memory, there was this awful clicks of guns in the World War II. And that came up when the nurses did those click with his wheelchair. So knowing what person you are dealing with, what person you are caring for, is not only looking at his face, female or male, no, there's much more to know. And you have to know their life story. What was their profession? Did they have a lot of family? Did they move a lot? Or did they only live in one town? Etc. Etc. Can you tell when a dementia patient or somebody with dementia is being overstimulated? Yeah, they are overstimulated when there are more than three or four dynamic stimuli. It, it is best to have one or two stimuli. At least one, at least one is very important because otherwise they think they do not live anymore because they cannot process dynamic stimuli. So if there is not one, uh, they cannot process static stimuli, sorry. So if there is not one dynamic stimuli, they sort of think everything around them is dead and they they not live anymore. And what are they going to do? They're going to wonder or going to shout because if they're going to shout or wonder, then there is, yeah, uh, life again. Um, these are such basic things in, in the knowledge of dementia. Uh, and if you know that, and if you make an environment, not too much stimuli, but at least one, people of dementia have more favorable um, yeah, behavior. Dick, do we know why the most recent memories go away before the older memories? Actually, I don't know. I don't know why that is. No, 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 I don't know. I can't answer that question. Sorry, Jason. That's okay. No, that's okay. It's just, I'm just, they're, they're coming in fast and furious. Um, yeah. Another yeah. question about memory. So it's safe to say that when you think of an individual with dementia, not everybody progresses or, or goes in the same path as no. far as cognitive, um, you know, cognitive loss, if you will. Um, yeah. Are there signs as as for for you with as a caregiver that you notice with your mother that you can relate to when you talk about in your books? 
Well, there are several sorts of, of, of dementia. Uh, Alzheimer is the, the most uh, known one. Is 60% of the persons have Alzheimer, and it's gra gradually going down. But there's also a Lewy body, and that's going with steps down, like a staircase. And um, to know in in what phase phase a person with dementia is, we could divide three phases. Phases. Um, the first one is you can live on your own more or less. And then the second phase is you cannot live on your own anymore. And let's say the last phase, the third one is when they go to nursing homes, when the situation is too difficult for husband or wife to take care of the person. Um, but it differs. Uh, one is dead in five years and has the three phases in five years and the other has it in 10 or 12 years. Um, the thing about caring for people with dementia is always looking in what situation are they. Look at their face and, and look what they can do, what they can't do. And focus on that and help with what they can and let them do themselves. And what they can't, you help them with. I'm curious, Dick, in the many years that you've been studying dementia in the book that you wrote, what have you seen as far as advancements in any type of treatment, medication, et cetera, for individuals with dementia? One of the nicest things I saw is that people with dementia, um, because of the upper brain is fading away, the functions of the upper brain are fading away, and they become more emotional, but in most, almost most of uh, all the people get more uh, quiet, more relaxed, more kind and, and uh, lovely. Some people will say, but I have an aggressive uncle of aggressive daddy. That's true. When the, the amygdala is, is more activated or more uh, active with the one person or the other. But a lot of people with dementia are starting to be very nice and kind persons. And I hear that from all nurses. It's so nice to care for them. They are so nice and, and lovely themselves. So, well, that, yeah, that's the, the nice part of it, although it's an awful disease. Do people actually die from dementia? No. It's said that it is so, it's not. Um, they die from um, heart attack or a brain attack or whatever. But dementia is, we don't die because, yeah, sometimes we die because we are old and we are tired, then we die. But it's not, I have dementia and now I'm going to die. But because of dementia, other brain, uh, other um, physical functions are not going well anymore. And then something else happens and together, yeah, there is a moment you are going to die, but not only from dementia. I'd like to, if, if you don't mind, Dick, I'd like to touch a little bit more on your your many years in the healthcare, as a healthcare agent, as a, in the healthcare industry in the Netherlands. How did you deal with individuals? How do you deal with patients uh, with dementia as they approach the end of life? 
first of all, um, they are number one. You as caregiver uh, should know they are uh, the king you have to to serve. Um, they not only deserve it, but that's the only way uh, dealing with them in a good way. And although they cannot think, they still stay a person with a heart. And we never may forget that. They are people, they are persons, they have a history. And although they cannot think anymore, there is a big heart with a lot of emotions and with a lot of emotional memories as well. And that is what we should take care of. Do we know how difficult it can be for a caregiver from your experience, whether it's a personal professional and dealing with a loved one or somebody with dementia? Do we know the emotional toll it takes on them? Yeah, this, it's big, it's huge. I saw it on my father. And, and it's, the thing is, uh, one of my colleagues, who had, her husband was, uh, had dementia and she knew everything about dementia. She did readings and webinars like I do now and when her husband got dementia, she said, well, everything is going well. And in a certain moment, something happens you couldn't expect. And this is dementia. There are, then you think, okay, now she's quiet. Now is everything okay. She smiles, she's drinking coffee. And in a certain, something happens. And that's the tricky thing of dementia for everybody. Last question, Dick. I know we've got another webinar coming in November. I'm looking forward to that one. What message do you have for somebody right now, it doesn't matter where they are, that has a family member that they're worried about them, that maybe they think they have dementia? What do you recommend that they do? What's the first thing you think they should do? Um, the first thing they should do is get the knowledge what I started with, with Margaret, her husband, who died from dementia and friends left him alone because they didn't understand what dementia is. First start, understand what dementia is. When we started with this book and with this uh, four levels in, in this way telling them, people said, ah, now at last I understand. Ah, now I understand. And they feel more relaxed in dealing with people that went with dementia when they understand what is going on. And that's what, what I learned from our patients, of the family of our patients. That's what I learned on every reading I do. Uh, people are very happy with this information. Unfortunately, my book is not yet in the USA. I'm trying to find a publisher. And any every anybody who knows somebody, please contact me on dutch8.nl, where you can find all my information. And um, yeah, if, if we have that book in the USA, I would only say buy my book. Very good. Well, thank you for your time, Dick. This was uh, timely information, as you said, where as an aging population, this is impacting quite a few individuals and families. So thank you for your time today. Uh, once again, how can people reach you, Dick? Uh, on my website, uh, dutch8.nl. And the eight is uh, the figure and not the word eight. Very good. Eight dot NL. Very good. Uh, 
as far as knowledgeable aging, you can find this uh, webinar on our YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Uh, on our podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Tunes. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.